Welcome to the Knock Knock Who's There podcast, the official voice of the Knock Academy. At the Knock Academy, we help busy parents and professionals like you move more and feel great via online group and one-on-one coaching. And this podcast will do the same. Each week on the show, your hosts, Gareth and Nikki Knock, will be talking to Knock Academy members about their fitness successes and struggles. We will also feature health and fitness experts sharing useful information and tips to help you achieve your goals. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hey, it's me, Joy. Hey, Joy. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Very good. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me and everyone listening today. Uh, you're, a, you're a VIP guest, special guest on the show. Uh, and the reason for Thank that you. is not only are you a fitness professional, an incredible human being, but also a coach for the Knock Academy as well. So, we're going to dive into lots of fitness stuff, but we're going to hear a little bit about your journey, your coaching philosophy. Many of you listening who are members have had the, the pleasure of being coached by Joy, and um, I have had the pleasure of teaching alongside her and you know, kind of living the fitness industry um, you know, side by side in some capacities and from a distance. So um, yeah, we're going to find out a whole load more. And I guess we'll start a little bit with your kind of background, your, you know, where did fitness start for you and what kind of things have you delved into? I obviously know a lot of this already, uh, but you're going to share it with the <laughs> listeners and just tell us a little bit about that kind of journey and, you know, summarize, I guess, where it kind of got you to this point in the industry. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, as you know, we, we talked about them recently, like fitness, I feel runs in my blood with my, uh, my mom and her twin sister, Susie and Dorothy, uh, I decided I'm just going to sh- shout out everyone by name as we go through this podcast because people love hearing their names. <laughs> so, so yeah, my mom and my aunt Susie and Dorothy, they have been doing uh, fitness, fitness instructing since uh, I- I'm going to say at least 30 years, 30. Yeah, it's got to be 30 plus years. Um and as they've, they've still kept up with it. So I was, I was around it from a young age. My mom used to take me to when she would teach a class, I would come along with her. Um, so yeah, I've been around it from a young age. It wasn't always something that I was super into. I, I played sports like recreational sports as a kid, as a teenager, um, but wasn't so much into like the, the gym. Um, when I started getting into fitness uh, more was probably in my 20s. I just decided that like, I didn't love how I looked. I wasn't super confident with how I looked. I wanted to like lose a few pounds, just look a little bit better, be a little bit fitter. Um, and then yeah, I started going to the gym. I think I took my Aunt Dorothy's body pump class was kind of my first adventure into it I remember I was shaking for hours afterwards I think I used very little weight but like shaking for hours afterwards don't ask me why I decided that I wanted to come back after that but I did uh and so yeah I started getting into fitness more as a a consumer um and I was working in the entertainment industry uh doing marketing and, and publicity and I was sort of enjoying that, sort of not. Uh, and as that was happening, I started going to the gym more, enjoying the group fitness classes. And uh, my mom had said to me, like, oh, it seems like you like this. I, I did the personal training. She had done the personal training course many years ago. And she said, I think I'd like to do it again to refresh it. Do you want to come with me? So I did. And we went and did the uh, personal training course, the Camp Fit Pro personal training course together. I liked that, um, but I was still more into like the group fitness stuff. I, I lo- the one-on-one was cool, but I really liked working out with a group. Um, and then it, luckily at one point I was doing a body pump class and, and an instructor, uh, Amy, I said I was going to mention everyone by name, Amy <laughs> approached me and she said, oh, yeah, you seem pretty good at this. You seem to like it. Like, would you want to be an instructor? I said, yeah, that would be great. So uh, I went through body pump training and that was kind of the beginning of my whole group fitness instruction career. Um, and, and then I, I also got into the fitness industry 
on sort of what we'll call the back end, uh, because like I said, I was working in the entertainment industry. I liked like publicity, marketing, and that kind of stuff. I just didn't really like the uh, environment that I that I was working in. Um, I had gone to like I had been teaching fitness classes for a while. I'd gone and volunteered with my mom and my aunt at a couple of Camp Fit Pro conferences. And I had really liked how the fitness industry seemed to be really motivational, really into building people up, making people feel good. Whereas with my job in the entertainment industry, kind of felt like the opposite. Like they were like tearing everyone down. <laughs> so, uh, so I felt like, okay, maybe I can do like what, what I went to school for and what I do in the fitness industry. So uh, yeah, ended up luckily, not right away, but luckily ended up getting a job uh, with Campit Pro as an event education coordinator. I uh, got to work on putting together the fitness conferences. Um, and yeah, the fitness conferences across the country and loved that. So that was really cool because I could do fitness full time. Like I could do my teaching and the practical element of it. And then I could also do like the back end and I love learning and, and education. So it, it was just kind of like a dream, um, dream combination for me. So that's where I really started getting heavily into the fitness industry. And, and from then it's just been, um, yeah, more of that. I did some consulting with some fitness companies. I worked with Phylex, who, who does fitness conferences in Australia, which was really cool. Um, I most recently was working with um, a couple of the um, Jewish community centers on their group fitness programs in Toronto. So that was a great experience as well. And yeah, just continuing to um uh, teach group fitness classes. We train a couple of clients, uh, personal training. And yeah, my my personal fitness, I, I started probably three years ago, like just pre-pandemic, I uh, started getting into CrossFit as, a, as my own fitness pursuit because uh, I wanted to, I'm always in pursuit of like different things. I, I want to learn how to do everything. I want to challenge myself and gain new skills. So started getting into CrossFit about three years ago and that's kind of been my passion for the last uh last few years on and off when I could seeing it was pandemic and and things were closed uh but that's yeah that's where my kind of passions lie more recently and I think that brings us to now yeah well I've I've had the pleasure of hearing bits of that story on and off in many conversations before but it, it does kind of paint the picture and what it reminds me of when I look at the industry and I talk about this quite a lot and, you know, I've had various conversations on podcasts and, and other things, how many of us that have been in the industry a long time, and let's be clear, the average turnover is probably less than two years. Um, you know, if you give or take kind of group fitness instructors, sometimes a little bit longer as it's part-time, but definitely with like full-time associates, you know, with, with gyms and people who run businesses, typically it's less than two years. So anyone that's passed like the five up to like 10 or is a dinosaur like me at 22 years nearly, <laughs> um, we have a lot of different elements of what we do and there's always mm -hmm. this journey right through many things and for me it, it does two things a it keeps people engaged and it it builds this it builds this outlook and this view on on the world and it helps you see it different right because different people come to group fitness different people want personal training some people do both and mm -hmm. there's always been this we had this really great show back um oh i don't even know now early on it's like episode 12 i think and we had Giles Bryant on, so we're naming everyone's names. So we'll name some more. Mm -hmm, um, he came mm -hmm. on and chatted. Shout and, out. Yeah, <laughs> you'll know who Giles is. And for anyone listening, he's uh, an international fitness presenter. Works for a big group fitness based company that that we both know, Les Mills. And we talked a lot about that. The uh, I guess the barriers between group fitness and one on one based coaching and training. And you know, and I talk about it recently when we had I had Jill on a couple of weeks ago, who's a mentor of mine, and we talked about the same thing about how we build this fitness professional when we can really widen our view on who's coming in, how we're serving these people, why there's different entry points for different people. And I just think sometimes we maybe we don't see that enough when we are in just one element of the industry. So I don't know if 
how that's kind of impacted you and, and whether you still see that in the industry now. Yeah, for sure. And I think that like, I like how you said it as a positive thing that we have these different views and different perspectives, because I think sometimes it can have people have a negative connotation about it as in like, oh, this person works in the fitness industry, that means they jump around from job to job, and they don't stick with one thing for more than a couple of years. And it, it some people it sounds it sounds negative, like it's like we can't commit to anything. But I think that you're right, that there is a positive aspect to it as well, because it helps us get to know our our clients and our audience and the people we work with, and we can relate to them better. And I've definitely learned very different things from every different um, facet of the fitness industry that I've worked in. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, we believe that it, it makes our business model unique in some respect and i'm sure there's other people doing similar things to, to what we're doing however we're able to have this entry level point so here's a schedule of group-based training which is multi-level multi-dimensional and people can kind of look at all the different parts of it and kind of join at that point where they're comfortable get some coaching and then if they need it mm -hmm. which many of them do they'll then inquire say hey i'd like to work a little bit more one-on-one -on -one. this works in a group environment it, gyms have been doing it for years Unfortunately, I don't think they've quite figured out how to build cohesion between the the people that do the roles sometimes, sometimes not, yes. but we've been able to do it as a business in the same, we bring people in and then we've got these pool of people and they're going to be looking for potentially one-on-one -on -one based coaching. That might be mobility work, personal training. It might be nutrition, lifestyle, whatever it might be. And if we have mm -hmm. that skill set that's broad, right? Because there's the entry level thing. This is what always got me as a trainer and also why quite frankly i was so successful because i could teach classes and have like 25 35 50 people in a class that are all at entry point someone in there needs a little bit more and who are they coming to they're coming to me so yeah. being able to use those skill sets right so i think as a business model it just works so well and you know and it is a positive to have those multiple things plus how many people are bored of their job like i'm never bored of my job ever <laughs> Mm -hmm. so, yeah yeah right so, yeah. i was doing the other the other day i was doing uh programming for a couple a couple clients and i was like okay i'm gonna these two hours today is gonna be programming or whatever and i was doing it and then i also had some correspondence like confirming when people were coming and how are they feeling about this goal and whatever and then i got to kind of the end of the day and i was like oh i just i was doing work all day like i just i didn't realize that i was like doing work i was like these are just things that i do <laughs> isn't that a beautiful place to be when you just kind of like flow yeah. and I i'm so grateful that sometimes i struggle and don't get me wrong it's not all um you know rainbows and ice cream but it is mm -hmm. it's nice to sometimes struggle with the empathy side of people saying I hate getting up in the morning. I hate my job. I hate my life. Like it, you can find where, and I have things to draw from in my past. Like, you know, I'm sure you do and many coaches do, but in current day, sometimes it's difficult for me because I have to really sit and think, how does that feel for somebody? Cause I don't know. I just wake up and I, the first thing I want to do is go and start doing stuff. That's work quote unquote. And I'm doing bunny ear quotes. If you're listening yeah. and not watching, because it doesn't feel like that to me. It just, you know, some days it does, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, but yeah, it's such a nice, it's a nice place to be. And, and I think it just like, to your point earlier, the, the positivity of the fitness industry, I believe a lot of it comes from that, that, that we can truly do mm -hmm. what we enjoy every day. Right. Yeah. And there's always, I feel like there's always a moment, at least one moment in the day that you can um, sees that's positive. Like you're, you're working with a client and they say like, Oh, I've noticed I'm better at this or something. And even if it's just like a small moment or they're like, they, they, you know, you notice that they are something has improved their squat looks better. And that's just like something that you can grab and hold on to. And you're like, Oh wow. Like something I did made a difference. And there's no way to not feel good about that. Yeah. Making a positive impact on others. Right. It's, uh, it's huge. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people don't find that within their job or, you know, and there's many other aspects we can have a positive impact on people. Parenting is a good example. Coaching is a good example of doing a job that makes a difference, but a lot of people don't find that right. And having that kind of mm -hmm. purposeful side to life is so, so important. Um, yeah. And definitely that, that feedback is, 
for the days, like I mentioned, for those days where I don't want to do it and I feel like crap and I don't want to work or I don't want to coach, those moments are the things where I'm like, yeah, can you imagine that person gets that workout today and that's the end result of it. They feel better. They feel empowered. Whatever it is, is huge. So yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. So sticking with the, sticking with that kind of thought that we were going, working through on the, the kind of mix of the, the people in the industry. So let's, we'll just call it for the sake of argument, personal trainers and group fitness instructors. It's a bit broader than that, but that keeps it simple is where do you think the, where do you think it comes from? So I have my thoughts. There's this divide and there's always been a divide. And when you're in the middle of the two, like I am, you feel like a bit of an outcast when you work in a gym environment because people are like, well, mm-hmm. what, are, what are you? What side are you on? And I'm like, I'm on no one's side. I'm here just doing the best job I can do. Um, mm-hmm. Where, in your opinion, do you think that that divide comes from? Oh, that's a tricky question and something that I have thought about. And it's something that I especially thought about in my most recent role when I was doing the group fitness management for a couple of facilities. And it was like, I would see completely different group of members getting personal training than I would see in my classes. Um, It it didn't happen at, it happened more at one facility than another, but yeah, I, I, I always thought that was strange. um, Why there wasn't, uh, why those two things weren't being combined. Cause we know as like, people who have managed these programs that they can be cohesive and they can work really well together. Um, And I'm not sure if it's, uh, I don't want to say like a, like a lack of education on either side, but I think part of it is just, yeah, like the, us as group fitness uh, instructors and us as personal trainers, just knowing more about the other side of things. I think us as when we're managers, we've seen both sides of things and we understand how they can work together and be cohesive. And I think maybe it's on a more micro level that uh, those trainers and those instructors just uh, can, can get more education can, and can understand how those things uh, can, can blend and can be used in a complementary um, fashion. Mm. And and listen, there's no right or what wrong. What are answer. your thoughts? Now yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no right and wrong answers because it's solely a solely opinion. Um, I'm much yeah. on the same page as you. So two things that I've come to the realization over the years. And number one is it's about communication and intertwined with that mm-hmm. is is what I believe is intimidation. And I mean that in a I'll explain a little bit. So communication. speaks for itself right if people are communicating we have a good relationship i try to always do a good job of this because i was on both sides and trying to get those conversations Mm -hmm. happening right and see how they can support one another like you said personal trainers that are very very good at what they do and let's say that for the most part with good reason they're typically focused a little bit more on conditioning and strength-based stuff so i find in my experience that a lot of them are scared of cardio and think that group fitness is all cardio which a lot of the time it is and then the opposite true. So the, the group fitness instructor is very good at that environment. However, in typical, and any group fitness instructor might take offense to this, they're listening, but typically the group fitness instructor is less certified, less qualified, less knowledgeable about fitness. Not always, but for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll paint a picture for you. Mm-hmm. A personal trainer might be doing months on end of training. A group fitness instructor might have done a weekend course to, to learn to teach mm-hmm. a specific discipline, right? So it's a little bit different. There's yeah, a shift specific. There right? So what happens is then they're intimidated because they're intimidated by how much the trainer knows. So they don't want them around in their class or they don't want to have a conversation with them because they feel intimidated from that knowledge standpoint and vice versa. They're, they're intimidated maybe by the, the amount of people, the environment, group fitness instructor personality for a lot of the time can be very, very extroverted and be quite kind of upfront. And for a lot of trainers and I've worked with a lot mm-hmm. of them, that's intimidating. So I, this is where I think that comes from. Like there's this like constant, well, mm-hmm. we don't really want to go in your world and I don't want to go in your world. And for that reason, there's this divide. That's kind of, I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's kind of what I've made up in my, made kind of make sense to me in my head over the years. That makes sense. And it's, it, that, that also makes me think it's like, like you said, people are 
people like their comfort zone. They don't, <laughs> they're comfortable where they are. It's called a comfort zone for a reason. And yeah, if you're a personal trainer and you, you think that group fitness is something that you haven't done before and you, you think maybe it's all like counts and you need to be on the beat and, and you, you're not comfortable with that and you don't want to go into a group environment where there's other people there seeing your level of discomfort, I can see how, like you said, in, it's intimidating and, and you don't, you, you maybe just don't want to explore. You're like, I'm happy in my lane. I know that this works. I know what I'm doing here. And it's, it can be scary to step out and go to the other side. Same thing, and not to knock personal trainers, it would be the same thing going the other way. Group fitness instructors, maybe they, yeah, they know they've been trained in a specific way of doing things. I, I can speak from my personal experience when I learned when I like body pumps was my first discipline. I knew how to do body pump. I knew everything about body pump. Uh, and, and I thought like, you know, I, I know how to lift weights, but I, all I really knew was body pump. And then I, when I went into CrossFit, luckily I'm one of those people that likes and likes getting out of my comfort zone. But yeah, when I went into CrossFit and started doing learning Olympic lifts, I was like, I thought I knew how to lift weights. If I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it, it can definitely be intimidating. And I can see why people wouldn't want to cross over from one path to the other. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's such a great, a great point that when we can be open to doing things differently, I was about to say, when we, we be open to when we do things wrong and then change it, but that's not necessarily the case. That was probably the wrong thing. And I say that because we're doing it differently. And, and in my opinion, what I've learned over the years is there's not a, there's not really bad types of exercise in my opinion, um, because everything has its place, right? It's about application. And if you apply it in a certain way, right? So for example, we were talking about body pumps. So for anyone listening and doesn't know what body pump is, it's a weight-based class to music. Um, you use a barbell, you use weights, et cetera, in the studio. So in that, you for safety reasons and for the speed that you move at, you squat partial range. And then when you go in the gym, you're probably mm -hmm. going to squat full depth because you're going to do it nice and slow for two or three reps. It, as mm -hmm. long as the application is right for the person and there's balance too, right? Like there's some, someone says to me, I do body pump four times a week and nothing else. I'm like, you're probably going to end up imbalanced, right? You need mm -hmm. to switch it yeah. up. You need to change things for the same reason that maybe, you know, if you only lift weights, probably do some cardio. And if all you're doing is cardiovascular based stuff, maybe lift some weights, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. you got to find a balance and, and it's understanding that. But I love what you said about getting out of your comfort zone. Now I'm going to, I got to go off topic now because now it's in my head and I can't think about anything else. So I have to talk about this, even though we, that conversation is kind of still it's smoldering there. I'm thinking about it a bit more and uh, see what else we can come up with. Love but it. <laughs> the, the comfort zone thing, you enjoy being out of your comfort zone. This is a big like macro question. How did you get comfortable being out of your comfort zone or enjoy it? Maybe not being comfortable out of your comfort zone. How did you learn to enjoy it and embrace it? Like that's something that plagues me and I need to know just for my yeah. everyone listening. I don't really care. Oh. This is for me. <laughs> this is what it's all really about. It's really about you. Um, oh, geez. How did I get to that point? Um, I think it, I, I don't know if it was like a trigger, like incident, or if it kind of was like a slow burn over time. Um, but uh, this is going to get a, a little bit off topic too, but it probably all goes back to when I was 18. Uh, my mom had leukemia. She spent eight months in the hospital chemotherapy, bone marrow transplant, all of that stuff. And, and one of the things that I think our whole family really learned during that time was like, uh, like, like our time is short, number one, and kind of like, don't sweat the small stuff was a big thing that came out of it. And I think that's kind of what put me on a path of not being afraid to do things like not to do things where I might look stupid or I might not know what I'm doing or um yeah it was just kind of like I, I need to do these things and and know in my brain that no one's judging me they're all thinking more about themselves than what I'm doing 
and it was just kind of like, yeah, it, it was kind of like a, a yes, like seize the moment and, and try new things because who knows when you're going to have a chance to do this again and, and just kind of, um, yeah, get, get out of that, like that box and, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if, it, if I'm explaining it really well, but that's, that's kind of where it came from was, uh, it, it all really comes back to like, don't sweat the small stuff and don't, uh, worry about what, what other people are, are thinking, um, and just kind of like, I've, I've always, one thing that I've always, I think that I've always wanted is to just continue growing and continue expanding my knowledge and just, yeah, continuing growing outwards. And that's what I think makes me seek new things and, and discomfort, I guess. Yeah. I think you explained it perfectly. And it has so much power to, to also know where it comes from. That's a big thing that I've learned later in life. And it took me till I was like 40 to figure it out. But building your awareness of why things happen in your life, why you act the way you do, where you, you know, mm -hmm. you go through that, the journey of life, understanding why you do that can be so powerful because maybe it needs to be course corrected. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just an awareness tool. It's great that you're able to identify that because then what means is it doesn't mean you're just, well, this, I'm just a person that likes to be, get out of my comfort zone. You can actually say when it comes up, maybe something that's even a bigger step or something even scarier, you can instantly say, this is why. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so powerful because it keeps you on that same path. And, you know, to summarize that really, I mean, go live your life because it could be over tomorrow. Yeah, and exactly. That. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. It's something that, um, so I had to ask that because it, it fascinates me and I have to try and get as many different answers to that question as possible to try and yeah. shape my own life. But it leads me to think of something else. And, and the other reason, I guess I had two reasons for asking the question. The other reason was, now, I don't actually, this is, I'm actually going to now be really embarrassed and feel really bad to admit that I don't actually know the first time we met. I can't actually remember. That's really terrible. Maybe you'll know. And I feel like a terrible human now, but. No, I love that. I love that you're bringing this up because before we were going to do this podcast, I was thinking about that and I was like, I'm going to ask him because I don't actually know the first time we met. I also don't know, like how we became close also like i was like was there like a, a tree like a moment like but yeah you, you keep going sorry to cut you off i just love that like we're in sync on this i like that we both thought the same thing before we started recording um yeah so i don't actually know but what i do know is there's there's certain people that that you're attracted to right like there's a certain energy and what yeah. I always and I love hearing that story about being out the comfort zone because this is always something that that fascinated and drew me to you was that you were comfortable in an environment where you know it might might have been out of your comfort zone or you were always open to like getting feedback or you know having an environment where you could share feedback and not that like I'm coming to give you feedback but we're in an environment where you're building growth right but that comes with mm -hmm. sometimes having to be vulnerable and that always interests me. And, and I just, and on top of that, the, the, the style of the conversation that is important to me as a human being on the planet. And I, I'm quite antisocial, selectively social, I think is the right <laughs> word. So, <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Right. I like that. Selectively social. Yeah. I like to have, <laughs> I like to have certain types of conversation. I'm not very good at small talk. Um, and, it, and and if somebody needs Same. needs small talk, I just typically I can't. I'm just done. I'm out. Um, so I'd rather yeah. I'd rather trap the person for like two hours and make them like <laughs> get like fully like existential rather than yeah. being like what's the weather like? Yeah, I'm not good at that. And and people people think it's rude. I don't really care. Not anymore anyway. But my point was that 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 is intriguing to me in a human. And it, so what I was thinking of is in an environment. So to paint a bit of a picture. And this is going to sound a bit, might sound a bit egotistical, but whatever um, I'm going to say anyway, is in the world of group fitness, particularly, and I've been teaching for 20 plus years, there is a, I always found a resistance to having me present with other group fitness instructors. And I don't mean that socially. I mean that in a professional sense. 
and 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 maybe understandably so. And again, I'm gonna I'm sharing, painting a backstory. So I've done I've done a lot of presenting. I've been worked for a lot of big companies. I've done a lot of work where I've been forced to grow and become very good at what I do. And I found I find it interesting that people were then resistant to me. I'm the kind of person that's like, I want to share all this. This is what I do. I'd love to. I want to see what you do. I want to help you if you want me to give you feedback, if you want to teach together, or if you want to, all those sorts of things. 95% of the time, it's met with an allergic reaction. And, and I think it's to do with comfort zones, um, what we kind of spoke about, which makes complete sense. Because this is where I'm going with this long-winded thing I'm trying to explain. But with you, you were never like that. And I believe some of it's probably based on your standing as a professional in the industry and understanding that. But it makes sense that because you're more comfortable being out of your comfort zone, it doesn't bother you necessarily someone else's position in the industry. And anyway, I just, I don't really know if I have a question. I just want to share it because it, that's what draw, draws me to people like you. Um, that's yeah. it. But, it was a but I, I I feel the same, and I'm I feel like I'm self aware enough to know that about myself, and it's something that I have noted. I I was thinking about this recently. Again, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent, but um, my husband Brett is a martial arts instructor, and he is a high level, uh, and he's really good at what he does. And he actually asked me. Uh, recently he says that sometimes when um he's uh he has instructors that he's trained so people that are under him and and sometimes he'll be watching them teach and he'll say like why didn't you do this what happened here and they'll say i just get nervous when you're around i usually do it right but i get nervous when you're there and i think that's the same kind of phenomenon that that you're talking about and and i think yeah some people just um yeah, when some when they when they are aware that someone is around that is higher educated than them or maybe has more experience, they it's it's an insecurity that they're gonna mess up or that that person's judging them or that they're gonna do something wrong. But I love what you said about how you're feeling the complete opposite. Like you just want to help and you just want to like like help them improve and give them feedback. And it's it's funny because it's yeah, it's like a total opposite feeling. And I don't even know if that would change people's feelings if they knew that. Like, I would hope that it would, but I, I don't know if people are just so in their own heads and so insecure and thinking about what they might do wrong. I, I don't know if it would change it. Um, but yeah, for me, I think that you're, I think you're right. I, I was, it was that kind of like, I need to get out of my comfort zone thing. And I remember there were times when um, I had a, I had a like a master like a Les Mills master trainer for those people that don't know Les Mills is the company that uh, is responsible for body pump and um, body combat and all these these other things that we've talked about a little bit. Um, yeah, I had a Les Mills master trainer in several of my classes, and I remember telling someone that, and they said I wouldn't have taught it. I would have I would have died. Like I wished would would have refused to do it. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I looked at it as like a, this is an opportunity for me to learn and to get feedback from somebody who really knows what they're doing. And if I screw up, it's okay, because I probably would have screwed up anyways. And then at least this way I can get feedback on it. Um, so yeah, and that's, that's how I looked at it. I think, yeah, that's how I looked at it teaching whenever I team taught with you as well. It was like, yeah, this is an opportunity for me to learn. And um, yeah, I think, I, I think it's super cool that we, um, kind of look at each other in the in the same way now like oh i can learn from you you can learn from me and we just um yeah it's a it's a it's a good relationship i really enjoy it yeah that, likewise and that's so nice to hear and, and i think the other thing that comes with that is that remember that even if you're in a situation with someone who is like you said you know more experienced more knowledgeable whatever you have to go through a process to get there and you, it doesn't make you perfect it makes you mm -hmm it makes you, you know, it's heightening your skills to go through that process. But listen, for anyone that's ever been in that environment with me, I'm a vulnerable human being as well. And I need to get better at everything I do as well. Like it. So we're there for that purpose. Right. And sometimes it's just, sometimes it's just fun. Sometimes I'm not there. I don't mm -hmm. care really. I don't care. Like I make mistakes. I, you know, 
don't do a great job of programming sometimes, like all of those things, right? I present and, you know, say the wrong thing, mess things up, whatever. Like it's, it, we're all human and we all do that. And, but it makes complete sense. And I'll share a funny story as well. And then we, and then I've got another question for you. So you said about having a master trainer come to your class. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Les Mills again. So again, we've painted the picture of this is a big international company. They're based in New Zealand. And I actually had the, the honor of working for them for, for a while when I lived there. And um, it, so there's a program called Body Combat. And the person that creates the choreography, uh, there's two of them, but uh, one of them is uh, a guy called Dan. And we're using, we're shouting out everybody today. Um, I'm sure he's definitely listening to my podcast. Um, Shout out Dan. <laughs> so See, but he, when they uh, know that you've shouted them out, that means that you can tell them, we shouted you out and then they're going to listen. So yeah, yeah we'll go. do that. I'll tag them in it when I post it. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, so he's the person that um, he's the person that makes the choreography, presents this, and and in the Les Mills world, it is kind of royalty, right? He's been around a long time. He actually, funny enough, took me for module training in the UK twenty years ago for body wow. combat. Um, so yeah, so I kind of knew him from them. Anyway, so I was teaching in the main studio where they build all this choreography and where all these people that you know direct these programs and create them and uh, he walked up the stairs in the back of the studio and watched me while i was teaching and i've never been more terrified in my life and, and <laughs> but it was ridiculous because you're like oh my god i'm terrified dan just walked in the back of my class and i had many other people because they all teach at the club that i was fortunate enough to teach at as well so it's quite funny because they they would once it happens once you're like oh it's just another person that you know the person that they're always there they're there and they're about especially if it's like a week where they're filming choreography everybody's there yeah. so you just kind of get used to it for the first time but then you have this moment and how I managed to process this like in the moment while I'm teaching a class but you're like really what does it matter like I'm not I'm not I'm not here to be as good as him just here to do this class to do my job and you know his job is also very different creating choreography as opposed to teaching a class but um it's so funny right that you instantly so me personally the kind of person i was instantly terrified and then i'm gonna miss everything up but i'm like well so what like it just you know it's and you learn so much and i'm very fortunate that i learned a lot from that experience not just that literal experience but the experience of working there um but yeah you have to be so comfortable with it and you do get comfortable and maybe that's why i struggle to process why there's a there's a kind of standoffish um what's the word energy in those environments mm -hmm. because you just get so used to it you know based on what environments you put yourself in so anyway i just want to share a funny story because i always share that and people are always like oh my god what did you do and i'm like i don't even know i couldn't even tell you it probably messed up the entire <laughs> thing but anyway it's quite funny that, quite funny that, remi that reminds me of another story a quick one um i just want to tell it because now i remember um First of all, the master trainer that came to my class since we're doing shout outs was Yusuf. Shout out Yusuf. He's awesome. I he's he's so great. Um, love him. I I owe him a phone call. Um, but this quick story that I wanted to tell is I now remember, I don't remember when I first met you and Nikki, but I do remember when like our my first experience with you. And I don't think I've ever even told you this story. So before I became an instructor, I was a, a member at Good Life and I was working in this job in the entertainment industry, which was downtown. And I used to work out. I used to go to the fitness classes at um, the Young and St. Clair gym. And I go to this, this one specific instructor's body pump class after work, like one day a week. I don't remember what day it was. And one day she wasn't there and there were two instructors team teaching her class in her place. Like I didn't know that she had a sub, but it was two instructors team teaching her class. And uh, it was great. The, the class was awesome. And I remember I went home and I told my mom, and this was again, before I taught anything, I didn't know how to teach body pump. Um, I had been like a performer. I did musical theater. So I knew a little bit about being on stage and whatnot, but I didn't know about teaching body pump. And I remember I went home and, and I told my mom, I was like, these two instructors team taught and they subbed for this girl whose class I used to go to. I don't remember her name now. And I was like, and they were so good. I was like, everything was perfect. Like, I think they came from Les Mills. And I was like, they had accents. So like, maybe they did come from New Zealand, but like, they were perfect. Everything was on par. And like, it was just such a good class. And it was you guys, it was you and Nikki. And I think it, I think it was probably like 
you probably hadn't been in Canada for that long. I don't even know if you had like regular classes and maybe that's why you were subbing and doing it together. But, but yeah, it was, it was you guys. Cause I remember the, I remember the accents. I, I remember. So yeah, that was my first like encounter with the two of you. And I, I thought you were great ever since. Well, thank you. And that's <laughs> hilarious. I love that story. Yeah. It would have been, so what is it? It's 2022. Um, that would have been like 2012, something like that, like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, about right. probably. Yeah. That would yeah. be it'll be about right. Twenty twelve, maybe twenty thirteen. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that was literally when we moved back. So we've we've lived in Canada now twice. So that was when we moved back. And yeah. we literally just came from New Zealand. So we would have been so messed up because we'd done lived in the UK most of our lives, like 25 years, yeah. been in Canada yeah. for a year, went back to England for a year, went to New Zealand for a year, and that would have been directly after moving back from new zealand we pretty much came straight to canada after that so yeah i would have had this whole up messed up it's messed up now but messed up accent and that probably would have been that class was probably as an instructor but a les mills instructor my prime because i literally probably just got off the plane like two months earlier um from teaching at les mills so that's pretty funny so uh, hopefully yeah and that's why i was like i I think they must have come from les mills like i like i could that you would come like off the plane <laughs> well that's a really good message for anyone listening that wants growth and wants those things we spoke about getting out of your comfort zone but the other thing i think it's important to share is that you're a reflection of who you surround yourself with so you can't mm-hmm. you can't you almost can't go to work for les mills in that environment and not become better like it's almost impossible because you you get the boot pretty quick, right? There's another person waiting for your job around the corner. So Mm -hmm. you can't help but do it. And you don't even necessarily actively try to improve. It just, you just, it washes off on you, right? And you pick it up. So, you know, and yes, it takes work too, but yeah, that's important. And some funny stories. So now I'm glad I know kind of technically when we met, even though I was standing on the stage. (laughs) Uh, After that, I don't know. So yeah, well, maybe maybe we'll have to like dig into the archives. We'll do some like Mm -hmm. regression therapy to figure it out. Uh, so uh, that's incredible and I love sharing these stories and it makes it so much fun but I also want to take all of that we spoke about we heard about CrossFit we've heard about Les Mills um, you know all of those kind of different areas of fitness what I'd love to hear now is how you how you bring all that together and and you know there's no right answer to this again like I said earlier it's kind of you know whatever you see it as but what's your philosophy with coaching, like whether that's group, whether that's one-to-one, like what kind of element, we know the elements you bring to it, but how does that, how does that translate in, in what you do every day? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that when you, when you mentioned philosophy recently, and I, I know like I, it's one of those things that like, I know in my head what I do, but I had never really thought about articulating it. It was it was really it was really quick though to to figure out how to articulate it, which is cool. Um, and yeah, I think like one of the things that we're talking about, like my philosophy, I guess, like what kind of sets me apart. Um, the the first thing that I thought of was, and we've touched on it a little bit, which is great, is the education, and not in the sense of I want to educate all my clients and participants by telling them every single fact that I've ever learned. It's more about everyone that I work with. I want them to know why we're doing what we're doing. I want them to know the why. So uh, for example, um, I had a, a, a client come last week and she brought her significant other to our, our training session that we did. And I didn't know anything about him. I just asked her, like, I asked her, what, what does he do? Why are you bringing him? She said, oh, like, he, he plays soccer, but he, that's, like, his only form of exercise. He loves playing soccer. That's all he does. I said, great. So just working with that, I programmed for us to do um, front squats as our strength. And as soon as they came in, I was like, okay, today we're going to do front squats. And, and I just did a really quick the why. I said, I know you play soccer, one of the things that you are going to be able to use when you play soccer is you want explosive power. So that's going to help you with your running, with your jumping, with your kicking. Uh, the way that we can improve explosive power is you're going to work on your triple extension. You're going to work on using your glutes and that will progress us. Um, and you'll see that skill transferable. And when I said that to him, it, like something clicked and he was like, 
oh yeah, great. I'll do this. It's going to make me better at soccer. Cool. So um, even, and even in a group environment, if I can just quickly let people know the why, like we're doing this exercise because it is going to improve your functional fitness in terms of you can, you're going to be able to change directions quickly. Like, oh, you drop something and then you have to get to that and you're going to be able to change directions quickly. So even just really, really quick, I just, I always want people to know the why of why we're doing things because I think it helps with like intrinsic motivation. It helps them to motivate themselves to, to do what we're doing. And I think it, it, it makes it, it just, it makes you do what you're doing better when you know why you're doing it. So that, that, that's a big thing for me. The other thing um, that, that really permeates my coaching is connection. So if we're talking about a class that I'm teaching online for the Knock Academy, for example, um, every person who's in the class is going to at least at one point in the class be called by name by me and given um something that they can improve or something that they're doing well. So always, and that that would be in my personal training sessions as well. You'll be spoken to by name and you'll say like, oh, that squat looks really good or um, push your knees out a little bit more and you'll get a better, you'll get better depth on your or squat or something like that. So everyone will get spoken to by name and, and given something that's personal to them and if I do correct you I'll watch you throughout the class and and know if you're doing it better like oh good job pushing your knees out Gareth I see you so that's something that's really valuable to me and then the the third thing that I think um is like a tenant I guess of my coaching philosophy is I would say efficiency and that goes through my whole life I think that we're similar in that way as well I am somewhat obsessed with like optimizing systems um but but that goes through with coaching as well and not so much in like a logical like everything has to be perfectly efficient way but in a work smarter not harder kind of way um I've learned over the years that I don't want to just run everyone into the ground like we're probably not going to go super hard for an hour in our sessions there there is going to be rest and there's going to be rest like again for a reason you'll know the why like we want to rest a little bit here so we can work harder here so we can focus on our technique here um but yeah just, just yeah working I, I think that's a good way to say it, working working smarter not harder not trying to not trying to kill anyone uh <laughs> but trying to help you get the most out of what we are doing yeah i i love that and i just before I, I pulled a few questions out but i just wanted to say we don't want to kill anyone unless of course we were teaching the class together and then we probably were trying to kill you if you ever experienced that <laughs> you're very welcome um it gets, it gets a bit competitive um anyway so that, that that was just my thought about how hard some of those workouts were in the past oh yeah um yeah, I love that that sense of fueling people with the why. And I always believed in this as part of kind of, you know, coaching in general. And and here's the brutal reality of it, everyone listening, especially if you're in your fitness journey, you're starting your fitness journey, or you're or you're maybe in that lull where you're like, it's just really hard to do these things. Well, when you understand why it's benefiting you, it really helps when it's hard. I know why I strength train. And when I don't want to do it, I understand. I'm obviously very fortunate to have all that knowledge and information from my whole career, but I understand why it's important and I'm going to do it. And when I'm doing something really high and I'm doing like, you know, sprint intervals on the bike and I want to puke, sometimes I don't want to do it, but I understand that it's good for my cardiovascular fitness. It's good for me because I've got to be on my feet moving all day with work and everything else. Right. So I want that to be there. When you understand that stuff and you have a coach that can educate you, as to why we're doing it and transfer it. Like you said, right? Like it's playing soccer or like I talked to my members, like you, you know, you got a sore back from picking your kids up out of the crib all the time or throwing your toddlers around. I'm like, well, welcome to what's going to not, is going to help you not be in pain when you do those things, right? Help you be more mm -hmm. functional as a parent or help you, you know, with your sport or your activity or whatever it might be. And, you know, I use parents as an example, that's our predominant kind of audience. So it's really helpful. And it will, even though the, power of that isn't 
isn't as obvious when you hear two people talking about it. Trust me when I tell you and and go back and re-listen to this is it will make all the difference when it's tough to get motivated to do something that is difficult because sometimes it's fun, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's really hard. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm lucky and I all use this with my clients as well, but I'm lucky to have had a, a real world example. And I'll go back to the case of my mom again, the reason she recovered from her leukemia and she's in remission and the reason that she she actually just went and had a, an appointment with the doctor the bone whatever the bone doctor is called who checks your bone density and she doesn't have osteoporosis she has osteopenia i think but it has not progressed into osteoporosis and the reason is because of so many years of strength training um, her bones got stronger so that even all of the chemotherapy and everything that she was that was pumped into her her bones stayed strong enough that she can still function. So I think having like real world examples like that is like, because this person did resistance training, they are, they were able to survive this potentially deadly disease and, and still like be relatively strong in the years following in the many years following. I think that is uh, that that's a huge motivator is like seeing actual evidence of why we do this like i always say to everyone i don't i don't care if you miss a few reps or something isn't as intense today but if you can keep doing it for many many years and i always joke that one day i might not be around to help you and i'd like you to still be able to train and exercise so i want you to be empowered i want you to have knowledge and i want you to be able to do stuff that's going to help you keep doing it forever and Mm -hmm. i think as well that here's where we go back to the you know the we spoke about kind of fitness professionals in general a little bit but one of the things i see as a struggle to longevity for fitness professionals is it's really hard to get that knowledge until you've been through it like not literally Mm -hmm. like you don't have to go through you know osteoporosis or go through you know life-threatening stuff but until you start to go through some struggles with your body and you start to understand that it, it you know and this is not saying that every coach that's you know into their like 30s 40s whatever and has got a bit more life experience with that stuff doesn't necessarily mean they're a better coach but in my experience it it can't help but make you a better coach because you feel it i know what it's like to get out of bed in the morning and for my body to ache and not like when i was 20 where i could work out you know i could do 10 training sessions a week and be fine yeah now i do like three or four and some days i'm like oh i don't want to get up if the thing hurts so it's uh it's very impactful and that that empowerment and that knowledge is um is something that is really important to me but you know and and from my experience and from reviewing my own coaching is it's it's a sweet spot too because i'm the oversharer of everything right you said about you want you don't want to give everyone every bit of information i do um i definitely (laughs) want to do that and i'm always like on and on and on and i'm like you're gonna hear it and i was like you don't get bored of saying that same thing nope i'm gonna say over every single time you see me i'm gonna tell you the same thing about that because you need to know it it's important it's empowering and yeah Mm -hmm. i I love i love that the connection thing this is um this is huge and and the reason why this is so important to this conversation and to everyone listening is it's hard to see this in a virtual environment but it is what in my opinion, and you know, I'm probably going to praise my own business here, understandably so. It's what sets good, us apart yeah. a little bit, right? That we we strive to get good connection, and and that doesn't always mean that it's back and forward, like people are doing their workout, they're on mute on a screen, but we're able to connect mm-hmm. to them. That builds that trust and that relationship. So when the session's done, they need to ask a question, or they need to come off mute, or they need to come to a Q and A session that we run, so they can ask those questions, or maybe they want one to one training. Is they start to build this relationship, and the relationship is it is tough virtually. And it is a very different skill set, but we're just always trying to find ways as a business to do that better, and mm-hmm. find great people like yourself that can do that. That mm-hmm. I know that can do that because it's that's what's what's the sometimes the missing link is right there's there's literally go click online workout on youtube you get like 10 million hits but you're not going to get that right and that's what's so impactful and and i just think it comes from doing it very well in person you you, you're very good at that you know in a live environment so you know it doesn't surprise me that that's important to you and that you're doing it in a virtual environment too yeah and i love i love what you to sing your praises i love what you 
um, what you and Nikki are doing with uh, with your business. And I really do. It, it really does feel like you're creating a community and and people are involved. And I yeah, I, I felt like it was important to continue that and to and and like like you said, I, I, I create that in in a live environment as well. But um, I think I think people crave it, whether it's a live environment or a virtual environment. And people don't always do it well in the live environment either. And it's really, it's something that like Brett, my husband and I talk about all the time because we, um, it's a really important thing in CrossFit and what we do. And we bounced around to several gyms where we didn't get that community feel and we didn't feel like we were getting attention from the coaches or that it was like a, like a community environment that people were there to, to socialize a little bit and then and, and help each other out and support each other um and and i think yeah i think you've done a great job creating it virtually which is extra challenging it is yeah i feel i feel like if anything if anything is going to be the death of me it will be trying to create community and, and across <laughs> like every platform like all social media platforms on the sessions like trying to get everyone involved people are like will you just leave us alone and stop trying to get us involved in everything no i will not <laughs> Until, no. until it kills me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my, my challenge is trying to do it. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a cool learning curve. And, and to your point, sometimes we, we can, I, I am definitely not as, uh, as comfortable being uncomfortable as, as you are, uh, I'm getting there and, uh, these conversations help for sure, but it's sometimes you get out of your comfort zone without really even realizing it, which has been a lot of the business, to be honest, we've been trying to, you know, so many things came up for me in running the business. I didn't even think about, and I just kind of went in and did it and then figured it out. So sometimes we just have to be curious and that helps us to get out of our comfort zone and do those things. So yeah, good, powerful Mm -hmm. message. So I want to hand the mic to you now and just for you to share Anything else you'd like to share to the members, to the listeners of the show, uh, or just anything in general, words of wisdom, not to put you on the spot, but yeah, anything to share before we wrap up the show? Um, I, I want to know that while I am, I, we've talked a lot about me being comfortable, being uncomfortable, but I want to know that I am not always like... I, I, I mentioned when I first went to CrossFit and it was a completely different thing where I had done body pump. I didn't know what I was doing with Olympic lifts. I, I will tell you that probably every time I drove to a CrossFit class for the first three months, six months that I did CrossFit, I was nervous. Every time I, I, have, I have to psych myself up to do it. And, but I just made myself do it. So, um, and, then, and then I'll also share that Tonight I will be. I'm going to a, a martial arts class with my husband. I said he teaches martial arts, so now I decided, like a few months ago, that I'm going to learn martial arts completely out of my comfort zone. No idea what I'm doing. Um, he has me working with the advanced class. So these people have been doing martial arts for years, and yeah, I'm definitely I'm I'm nervous when I go to when I go to that class. But again, I just have to like the. I think the more you do it. I'm not going to say it becomes easier, but you become more comfortable with being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. So, so yeah, I just wanted everyone to know that I am not like perfectly comfortable with being uncomfortable all the time. It is, it is a process, but it's one that I enjoy. Um, in terms of like other, I mean, we, we covered a lot of, of what I wanted to share, I think, which was like, yeah, my, my coaching philosophy and, and the importance that we put on um, on on educating and the why and connection, and I'm really glad we got to touch on that because that's something that, like I said, my husband Brett and I have had a lot of conversations about lately. Is uh, when when we eventually open a gym, how do we create community? How do we create connection? How do we keep people coming back and enjoying what they do and making it the when they come to class, making it the best hour of their day and making them want to be there so I think that that's something that I really value and I hope comes across um and yeah I just want people to I really just want people to to find a way uh 
to enjoy fitness and 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 wellness as as much as I do when I get up in the morning and I get to go to the gym or come down and do a workout in my gym or or coach a class that's this it's the best hour of my day I feel when I wake up and feel like everything hurts I'm like I know it's gonna get better if I just move a little bit if I have people to do it with uh and and I just hope that 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 I can find a way to to make other people feel that same way and to feel positively about fitness yeah I great place to great place to end the show and I think if we continue these conversations and these you know projects and other things that we decide to do like opening businesses and gyms and stuff as 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 wild as these ideas are sometimes um, <laughs> for me to comprehend i think when we keep doing those and we surround ourselves with the right people we we create more of those environments for people to to embrace their their movement and their health and you know everyone has a different different entry point and a different place where they feel that so yeah be curious get out there people be curious is the message um mm-hmm. listen yeah. this has been incredible uh, it's always an incredible chat with you and um i always appreciate it and i know that everyone listening would have got a lot from this so it, listen whatever you did get from the show share it with someone you love and you care about this podcast grows when we get more and more exposure and that helps so if you're listening and you're enjoying it please spread the love and uh, get it out there to uh, to more people joy thank you for joining me i appreciate you this conversation i just appreciate you uh period so that's all i have to say to end the show Uh, thanks for being here everybody thanks for listening and we will catch you on the next episode thank you so much for tuning in and remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode if you enjoyed the show share it with at least one person and please consider leaving us a five-star review on apple it really helps us reach more people come join our community by heading over to our website or finding us on social media all links are in the show notes And remember, the world of fitness is 10% facts and 90% opinion.